For sure. All right, so I think we're live now. Yep. So we got uh, my buddy Kai on here, uh, coming from Croatia. What city are you in, in Croatia? Uh, it's called Saptop. Saptop. Saptop? So it's, like, it's a beach town off the coast of Croatia, yeah. near Dubrovnik, where they do Game of Thrones, like it's around that area. Show. All right, so I think we're live now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. So we got. Oh, that's myself on YouTube. Uh, my buddy Kai on here. Ah. Uh, coming from. My bad. It's <laughs> cool. I have this YouTube page up. It's playing live, delayed five seconds in the background. Okay. So, all right. Um, so, for everyone that doesn't know Kai, I think some friends might uh, like join in and ask questions here. Um, we met like a year ago in Chiang Mai. And Kai's, he's pretty much the number one reason that we're doing Amazon right now. Both of us are Amazon sellers. And uh, we basically, we both met in Chiang Mai at the Dropship uh, Conference uh, last October. And the, most of the people that came there were into dropshipping, which is not selling on Amazon, basically uh, being the middleman between U.S. Uh, factories, products, and doing all that and at the conference there was a guy who did like a 20 minute presentation on selling on Amazon and I don't know what it was that made a click for Kai but he's the one guy that went straight into Amazon in October and everyone else looked at the Amazon thing and they were like yeah this is good but it takes some money to start up, so let's do drop shipping and get some profit from that and then go into Amazon because everyone's like, yeah, Amazon, that's the ultimate goal. Brand your own product, market your own thing. And I don't know what it was that clicked for Kai, but three months later, he was blowing everyone out in sales. No one was really taking off in drop shipping. And so three months later after October, pretty much everyone switched over to selling on Amazon. And Kai's still crushing it. Now he's traveling the world doing this remote year thing and it's just crazy because he's he's doing it. All of us came there trying to live the four-hour work week, and everyone just wanted to travel, and now he's doing it. So first of all, like, do you remember what what was the moment at the DSL conference that made it click for you that you're like, all right, I'm going to go into Amazon right now? Uh, the thing for me was, so the guy speaking at the DSL conference, um, is a, he was Ben Brandis. Uh, he... I realized he, he was from Australia, so I'm from New Zealand. Um, and it, it clicked for me that what I could probably do the same thing he's doing. What's stopping me from doing that as well? Um, like if you have the time and you have the right resources to take action, you should just go for it. Um, for me, it was kind of, an, in, in some ways, it was a no-brainer. Um, like the hardest thing getting started with dropshipping I found was like getting traffic and building up the whole website mm -hmm. with the whole Amazon concept you simply just market your own one page you don't have to create a hundred product pages to build a website and if you are doing the research correctly um, there'll be traffic um, it can, you can generate traffic quite easily onto your one Amazon page so it just made made sense in that way so that's what clicked for me. That's crazy, man. Dropshipping, I mean, I had no, Parker and I had no previous, like, SEO, any computer really experience at all. And dropshipping was just, it was a, it was a, more of a learning curve. 
than Amazon. Obviously, you market you're walking marketing one page on Amazon versus 10, 20, even more if you have tons of products on dropshipping. So f follow up question to that is how much money did you have? Yeah. The only thing that was stopping everyone from going straight into Amazon was the money up front because you got to buy mm -hmm. all the shit in China first. So how much money did you have and how much money did you put so in? I, I, I invested about 20,000 US dollars up front to get it running. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm in a bit of a unique position where I, I left my job, but I had a bit of runway to go on, go on. Um, and I just wanted to have a business that would allow me to travel and keep working. That was the whole idea behind the four hour work week. And I, I thought if I made this work, that could become a reality for me. So that was it. So you saved up 20 grand or more than 20 grand in your job. You had that in your bank account when you came over to Thailand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. So you did what I should have done. See, two years ago I had 20 grand when I was at my corporate job, but I blew it on a fucking BMW. I'm um, biggest regret. I look back, I'm like, oh my God, that 20 grand, that's a freaking lifestyle business right there. So good shit, man. Because we only had like and, and people um, can get started, and people can get started for a lot less. Um, I just, yeah, I was just a little more aggressive than most people. But yeah, I came, I came to Thailand like with like four grand, and then I ended up making like five grand from a, a real estate deal that closed like months later. Like, so how much have you seen people get started with? Get steady. I've seen people do it for under ten thousand dollars. It really depends on on the niche that you're in and what the market requires. So, yeah. How yeah? How expensive the product is? Yeah. And then if it's not as competitive, it doesn't have to give away as many to get up there in the reviews. Yeah, exactly. Um, but. The beauty of it is that you could, yeah, like traveling the world, you don't actually need as much money as you think. So if you have a business that makes a thousand, two thousand dollars a month, you could live in Thailand, you could live in all these other places. So, yeah, and then from there you can build up, you can keep leveling up, you can get to a point where you're making five, ten thousand dollars a month, and it, yeah, so but, you can. Yeah. You can travel and do whatever you want. So yeah, it's a really, really great place to start. All right, awesome. So that's a perfect uh, segue into the first question. So I was my friend last night. He's an entrepreneur too, and I was like, "What would you ask this guy?" I explained him your situation. So how much are you making a month right now? So if you have a business that makes thousand, two thousand dollars a month, this is uh, playing again. All right. So how much are you making a month right now? Yeah, so at the moment, uh, I'm bringing in about seven to eight thousand dollars a month. Yeah, just to support my living. Yeah, seven eight thousand dollars. Yeah, that was um, that was at a slower time. Um, when I when when I started was around the Christmas New Year's period. I was making over twenty thousand dollars a month on my Amazon yeah. business. So yeah, it's um, it's good. So a lot of people. Yeah, that, that's what I've found as well. There are peaks and valleys in this e-commerce business. 
Yeah. Like when people are in shopping mode, they tend to buy a lot more. And yeah, like a lot of Amazon people that I've talked to, they they tend to ramp up for the holiday period, and that's that's where they actually make a lot of their money. Yeah, and just blast hell of these. Yeah. So Damn, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that at, at some point down the road. Um, yeah, so yeah, things are slow at the moment. I'm just holding it steady, but towards the end of the year, I'll definitely ramp things up. Yeah, yeah man, I'm looking forward to that too. Uh, so seven to eight k, that's like that's like your net profit. Yeah, and then do you give yourself a salary each month? So I'm in a position with my company structurally where I I can write off most of my costs as expenses. Mm-hmm. I don't need to pay myself per se. So it's a, it's a unique position to be in. Yeah. I don't have a lot of um, lot of high costs. Yeah. Nice. So how much uh, break down your expenses right now? Uh, so currently I'm part of Remote Year. That's that's around that's two thousand dollars to be part of the program. And living costs, it's under a thousand dollars. Yeah, so it's for me to just you know pay for like accommodate or not sorry, pay for food, pay to go on little side trips here and there, and just general general living costs. Yeah. So the the accommodation and the work and some events that's all covered by remote year. Everything else is just yeah, just me living. Right, so you're spending, you're basically spending as you live under a thousand dollars a month, because the accommodation and everything's taken care of. Yeah, and the travel. That's dope. So that's the perfect segue into the next question from uh, from Danny. What's remote year like, dude? <laughs> what the fuck is remote year like? What is? How has it been? Yeah. Traveling with seventy five people from from all parts of the world mostly they are from us people and yeah it's it's a really crazy situation um like trying to live and work as a big group yeah we kind of we kind of take over take over places when wherever we go it's like one so it can't so it can feel like a really big party at times like we'll we'll go into a restaurant and we'll We'll make a big table, we'll take over the place, overwhelm the yeah. staff, or we'll hire out a boat, and then we'll all like have a rowdy party, go to a karaoke bar. So it's it's been a it's been a bit of a whirlwind. It's um, it's challenging for me to find stability and and on a day to day basis, like yeah, because there's so much going on. You yeah, you kind of you have a lot of FOMO, so like. Fear of missing out on stuff because there's just so much going on at once that you can't help it. So it's it's yeah. a really really unique situation to be in. Yeah, yeah. I can only imagine because everyone's seventy five freaking people. That's like a freaking digital nomad army. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, and a lot of people are in uh, different situations. I see the challenges. Yeah, there are some people that are on the program that. Um, unemployed, so they're just chilling and trying to trying to start up a lifestyle business of their own. Uh, yeah. And you have some people that are currently employed, and they're trying to 
trying to keep their job and work at the same time. So you have people from different different backgrounds, and it's yeah, it's it's, 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 it's been interesting. Yeah, never uh, a dull day, never a dull day at remote. Yeah, it's always yeah, something going on. That's got to be super interesting. Uh, is there anyone else that's uh, an Amazon seller? No. no. <laughs> All right. So how does how do you think being an Amazon seller, lifestyle wise and hours a day worked compared compares to some of the other people? Um. Well, the way I've situated the business, it can run pretty much on autopilot. So. As long as you get all your systems in place, I've, I've, well, it's possible for me to work four hours a week. As crazy as that sounds, I've, ah, you did it! Yeah, you yeah, did yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, it can it can run on its own. You just get, yeah. like the hard part is just getting all the systems in place first, and getting. Yeah, once you get started and all the systems run smoothly, then you can keep you can keep slogging, you can keep you can keep it going like that. So, um, yeah, because it's a little awkward for me. I go to the workspace, a lot of yeah, I can kind of do what I want, and I am my own boss. So it's yeah, it's hard to motivate myself in certain ways. That's been a challenge. Yeah. Um, so I yeah, feel but I, what you're saying, man. Yeah, so it's a, it's a it's an interesting thing, but but at the same time, like for me, if I want to go on a side trip, I can. Like I'm not working for someone else; I can work for myself. So it's a bit, yeah, makes me feel a little guilty. I'm like I should be working or doing something, but I don't have to. So, dude, I know exactly how you feel because with this Amazon thing, okay, lifestyle wise, it's the most. That's why everyone's doing it. That's why we're all getting into this. It's the most automated, one of the most automated businesses you could possibly do. You were smart to get into it sooner than all of us. That's why we all jumped over to it. And I have the same feeling now. And I have a partner. And every day it's like, damn, like there's really not that much shit to do. And we only have one product. We're getting ready to launch our uh, second product, like getting ready to order it like this week. But there's really not that much shit to do for how much money you can make. It's crazy, but it's it's just blows my mind how in October you just started Amazon and now you pretty much graduated the four hour work week, which is the assignment that we're all out to to accomplish. And you did it. And that's under a year. Like that's crazy. There 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 could be universities where you pay tens of thousands of dollars called four hour work week university or whatever. And when you graduate, you automate everything where you can only work four hours a week and you can legit work four hours a week right now. This is a virtual high five from Tim Ferriss, right? There. You fucking did it, man. Congratulations. Like that's sick. And me and Parker are right behind you. I mean, that's all we want to do. Cause once you get the four hour work week, like the philosophy, you know, the philosophy of the four hour work week is why spend your time working, you know, shuffling papers, answering emails when you can, when you really should philosophically spend your life doing what you're really into doing, uh, which is your passions or travel or whatever the fuck you're into. And obviously that's what you're getting into. So that's awesome, man. Um, it sounds like you're, you're, you're balling out there on everyone else. Um, 
Is, do you think anyone else in the in the group is going to get into Amazon after they see you fucking around and making seven eight k a month? Uh, I don't think I. Th I think the the cost of doing it. I think that's that's a prohibitive thing. And yeah, the reality is that it is getting a bit more competitive now. So there there are harder to find those those good opportunities. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad I'm glad I did start when I did, and. I did. I wish I got into it earlier. Yeah, you know, I could be. I could be in a better position than I am now. So totally. Yeah. Uh, so that's a good segue for the next question. Um, I know you have you have two products right now. Yeah, two products. Are you launching another product soon? How many do you want to have, and why? <clears throat> so, for me, I'd wanna. I am working on another product soon so they'll be in the next two months and ideally I'd want to have a brand of at least three three to four products ideally yeah so hopefully I could launch that by November and yeah that, that that's that's the idea and that's the plan at this stage nice. so so your 7k is obviously between the two products yeah between the two products yeah uh, is there is it 50-50? Like, is each one bringing in 4K, or is the first one doing better than the second one? They're, at the moment, they're around, they're around equal at the moment. They're around, they're around the same. Yeah, they're around the same. Yeah, one, yeah, yeah. Or in, in that nice. regard, yeah. It, uh, it, it, yeah, it varies, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it varies, like, week to week. Um, yeah, we're up to selling. It's our fourth week. And we're up to selling like ten a day. We've sold ten a day for the last like uh, nine days now. Yeah. So we're hoping to get up to that uh, that twenty. Uh, but we only have we have less than thirty reviews. We have twenty eight reviews right now. Mm -hmm. And yeah. which we just did a blast on one of those free Facebook groups that you showed us. So mm -hmm. thanks for that. We just blasted forty on that, and then uh, like fifteen on Thomason. Yeah. So for people that are that want to get onto Amazon, I know Evan's doing a launch soon because he's placing his order like today. Mm -hmm. um, how how did you get so many fucking reviews so fast? You've got to you've got to give away product. Yeah, you've got to you've really got to give away product, and you've got to have a good follow up system in place to to get those reviews. Um, and you got to utilize every connection you have in terms of. People that are willing to write reviews for you, so that's that's very important. Um, you can contact. Uh, so Amazon has a list of top sellers. You can contact them to help write a review for you. That's mm -hmm. another option. There are Facebook groups that you can use, and of course on Thomson. So you got to utilize all the resources you have. You can't just rely on one channel alone to get those reviews. Yeah, you got to blast them all over the board. Um, yeah. How many tops? How many Amazon top sellers, top reviewers did you contact? That's something I haven't done personally, but I've, I've noticed a lot of people have done that because you'll you'll get quality, you'll get good quality reviews doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they'll, they'll they might do a video, they'll put in pictures, and they have that that affiliation that they're one of the top reviewers. That that helps off validity cool. as well. Uh, what was the what was the best converting review 
source. Because we did we did Zonblast, but we blasted a hundred to Zonblast, but like it was only like twenty percent left to review out of a hundred. The, the, the review groups work pretty well, yeah, and Thomason, yeah. But you just have to obviously your friends as well. If you follow up consistently with them, eventually yeah. they will come through with your friends. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's interesting. Did you did you uh, get your friends to review your second product as well? Um, well, to be honest, with my friends initially, I I've contacted them first with the second pro with the first product. I didn't feel it was a good idea to keep around like like bothering them for the second product, and the second product didn't require as many reviews. So I utilized more more review groups, more more giveaways in that way. So, yeah, right now I'm at about 250, like 230 with the second product, and it's yeah, it's 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 fine. Yeah, things are working. So re review, I think review groups are the highest converting. That's what they say. It's like 80 percent. Mm -hmm. So on your second one, how many did you, how many did you give away? And your first one to review groups. I would have given away at least, at least a hundred, at least a hundred, hundred to one hundred fifty. Yeah, around that. Of your first one, or second one? On the second, on the second one, on the second one. How many did you give away of your first one? First one, at least three hundred. Yeah, at least three hundred. Okay. And would you say maybe like eighty percent of those converted, or like fifty percent? To be honest, I haven't really tracked it a lot, but yeah, because the the people that if people run a really good review group, they you will get at least eighty percent, yeah, sometimes ninety percent, yeah. So yeah, it's it's that's that's the best method of doing it, and people know how to put in the disclaimers so your reviews are going to stick. And yeah, yeah, but like I said, you can't rely on just one channel. You've got to yeah, the best reviews are the best yeah. reviews that are going to stay are from actual customers, and those are the ones that you can't neglect, and you've got to focus on them as well. Yeah. Okay, cool. So for people getting started, like for Evan, um, would you say what would you say with your first blast? Just just got the product into Amazon. What's the best place to give them away? Where, where, where would you give them? Go, go, go. So, go hit up your friends. Go find some Facebook groups. Go to Thomason. Yeah. Take that. Okay, cool. Take that. Yeah. And then just follow up with everyone. And yeah, yeah. You've got to hustle at the start. Yeah. The reviews, they're, they're your foundation for your product to get validity and converting. You need, yeah, you need to get to that stage. Oh yeah. So uh, Evan just asked on YouTube if he's watching. <laughs> um, what what's the best follow up system for getting reviews? So the best follow up system you so there are there are thing so there's a service I use called Feedback Genius. So yeah, you use that. You try and get feedback, positive feedback from the customer first, and then. You can you can follow up with them and 
ask for a review after that. So if they reply positively, you can ask for a review. If they reply negatively, you can avoid from getting bad reviews. So you can reply to them, make sure they're happy, offer them the refund, offer them a replacement. Okay. Because yeah, one bad one bad customer does a lot more damage than five so five reviews. So you've got to take care of that. Yeah. So in your follow up email system, if you are able to address the problem first, then it won't come back to bite you later. So they won't leave a negative review later. So yeah, you've got to, you got to put that in place. Yeah. So I think that's what we're doing wrong because we're asking for product review. So what you're doing is you're asking for this is this is what Steven is doing too. You mm -hmm. ask for feedback in your in yep. your email follow-ups. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then and then you send another email. It's targeted towards only people that left feedback, and then it says, "Thanks for your feedback. We would appreciate it if you all also leave a product five star product review." I I wouldn't say five star. You can't you can't specifically say that with the Amazon terms of service. Okay, just leave us so a you, good review. Yeah, leave us a positive review based on your feedback. Yeah. So ah, okay. So you have. On your first product or on your seller's account, you have 641 fucking seller feedback ratings and 710 reviews on your first product, 232 reviews on your second product. So I would say what you're doing is working. Okay, I'm gonna change that tomorrow. Yeah. That blew my mind when Steven told me that. Because I always thought like feedback, seller feedback, that's kinda that's kinda stupid because that means they're you're not getting a review, but what you do is you hit them up after the feedback and get them leave, get them to leave a review too. Yes. Yeah. So that's how key. how important is seller feedback in rankings? Do you think that's just as important? That's a well. If you have really bad seller feedback, it does affect your ranking. It definitely does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But a it just shows on it just shows on Amazon size. You're not you're not keeping your customers happy. So why should we show you? Why should we put your product up? Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's, so it's very important. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Now now we're gonna start asking for feedback, because because I, I thought like you know if someone leaves feedback they talk about you know they but they actually leave a product review in the feedback, but that's okay, you know at the end of the day. Because you can still email them and be like, "Hey, thanks for the feedback. Can you please leave a product review so other shoppers, you know, spread the word to other shoppers or whatever." Blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. uh, so Evan also asked, uh, "If you get more reviews than the top seller, will you be ranked higher?" Um, with Amazon review, with Amazon rankings, it's. There's a number. There's a number of combinations. Um, in terms of the number of reviews, like after you get to about a hundred, it kind of plateaus in terms of the ranking. There's not getting getting a lot more. It just looks better in customer's eyes in terms of conversion. Um, the end of the day, um, it's all about how many sales you have and how well you're converting. So if you have a lot of sales and a lot of conversion, that's what's going to give you a good Amazon ranking organically. Yeah. And, and if you're advertising as well. 
Yeah. Nice. So there is, yeah, there's a list of, yeah, there's a lot of factors involved, but you want to work on getting a lot of sales and converting very well. So yeah, Evan, that, that, you know that's that. it's a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Not just review. Yeah. It's how will you convert? How what is your uh, how what is your page convert right now? So what? The, so what? One of my one of that fifteen, fifteen percent. Yeah. So nice. one one converts about fifteen. One converts at about twelve. So it's around that. So if you put this into perspective, it's like you have a e-commerce store. And standard industry is one to two percent. That's considered okay. If you do five, if you do three percent, that's considered good. I'm doing over ten percent. Yeah. For every person that lands on that page, that's that's insane. Like that, you know, the the reality of Amazon is that people have their credit card information down. All they have to do is click one button. Whereas off your e-commerce store, they've got to jump through more hoops. So it can be, it, it's, it, it's not going to convert as high. And with Amazon, they have so many customers. It's a trusted company. You can do two-day delivery. That kind of, that if a customer wants to buy, they can buy like that. Yeah, exactly. Business, it's, yeah, it's not as, it's nowhere near as smooth. So that's why Amazon is, a really good channel to get into. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Ours ours was converting at like sixteen percent like the other week. So fucking good. Glad to hear that. Um mm -hmm. all right, cool. Let's see. Uh do you have any employees? If so, who and when did you hire them? So uh so I had an employee in the Philippines, so she was handling um, she was handling all my customer service emails. She was uh, giving me reports. I had someone doing phone calls with me, so all of those systems were in place. Yeah. So yeah, and you can pay them around three hundred US dollars a month for someone to work for you full time. So you paid someone so you paid someone to call and then someone else to do customer service stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you paid them each three hundred a month. So with the calls, it varied based on how many customers I had to follow up on. Yeah. So I just paid her on a hourly basis. Yeah. Okay. How much did you pay her per week on on average? So I had her doing about twenty hours. So twenty hours. So. Yeah, so if it's seven dollars an hour, and that's around one hundred, hundred forty dollars an hour, uh, a week, a week. So it it varied, it varied. Yeah, yeah. I paid her, I paid her thirty five bucks to make like a hundred, to give her like a hundred numbers, and she just called over the weekends. Yeah, and I don't know if it works so, well or not, but did so you stop doing that? Why did you stop doing that? The calls. What's the calling? I I wasn't getting ooh. my email systems. They're not so. Initially, the idea was to collect as many emails as possible, but right now, I'm I'm trying to keep my costs a little lower. Based because when I wasn't living in Chiang Mai, it was a lot 
easier to reduce costs. Like I remembered spending $700 a month. Now with the program, I'm spending at least four times that. So I feel I need to reduce costs down. So that's just a personal decision I've made because um, my business still runs fine. I think when I want to scale up a bit more, I'll focus on that again. But yeah, right now it's just a, just a cost-cutting decision yeah, for me. For sure. Um, so with the remote year, are you paying every month $2,000? The most, the most value you get out of it is just being in a nice community of people and they organize everything for you. I don't have to think about where I'm going to live, what I'm going to do. There is plenty of stuff that I can do. Yeah, it's just a really unique experience. Like, yeah, like there are so many people that would want to do it. It's kind of like for me, it's a yeah, it's a chance to do something that no one else has ever done. So yeah, yeah. I really like it that way. Yeah, that's dope. So for people that don't know, uh, you got selected to be one of seventy-five of twenty-five thousand. Was it applicants? That's crazy. So how how did you find out about the remote year? When did you when did you find out and and apply? Oh, so it was I was in Chiang Mai and I was hanging out um, with our mutual friend Ocean. Yeah, and he yeah we were just we were just watching a soccer game together and he kind of brought it up to me and he's like, yeah, this remote year thing where you yeah you go to a new country every month and yeah they do it for a whole year. And, yeah. At the time was was a hundred was going to be a group of a hundred people, so I was like, okay, it wouldn't hurt to apply, and then I applied, and yeah, it was yeah, it was the rest is history. It's like, damn, it's like, <laughs> That's now that I'm here living it, yeah, and now that I'm here doing it, it's um, yeah, it's insane. Like, yeah, oh, I bet it's fucking insane, dude. Oceans. Oh, I can just picture Ocean and you guys just like at the games, like, yeah, man, this remote, this remote year thing is it'd be fucking dope. Go, fucking twelve countries and in twelve months, just work all around the world, man. I want to do something like that, man. What did you put in your application? Yeah, what was the application process? I think for me, what what made me stand out was. So I'm originally from New Zealand, and I run my own business mm -hmm. online. So, like, not many people, you won't find hardly anyone in the world doing that. It's a very unique doing. So that, that kind of sets, I think they saw that, and then when they got on the call with me, they were, they, they, and also, I was already a digital nomad going into it. Yeah. So that so so the, so in their eyes, it was probably an easier transition for me into this kind of lifestyle. And yeah. So so I've had I've I've had I have a lot to offer the group as a whole. So. Yeah, you've already been a digital nomad. You've already been in Chiang Mai doing it, and a lot of those people are kind of just like it's their first time, kind of working remotely, and or working and traveling, working yeah. in other countries. Yeah, I think because one thing is um, you don't see a lot of women traveling to do pursue this digital nomad lifestyle. So 
for girls like want to sort of like like be handheld into it then that's this is a kind of this is a perfect way for them to transition into this lifestyle yeah because they're with a big group we're all going to be together it's going to be yeah it's going to be hard for them to they'll, they'll feel a lot more secure about it you know like so so it's a good thing i i think this will lead to more women in the future pursuing this kind of lifestyle as well yeah yes yeah, so yeah man I we think have a few uh a few girls killing it in, in Chiang Mai, uh, which was dope to see. Um, yeah. I'm thinking of Hillary. She went to my fucking elementary school. Yeah. So I don't play off this program and like everyone spreading the message that they'll bring in more and more, more and more people into this lifestyle, and we'll be able to build a bigger community as a whole. So, yeah. So, you know, I see us as being at the forefront of that. And if I can help other people from New Zealand as well to pursue this kind of lifestyle, that'd be, that'd be great. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh yeah, man, let's do it, dude. The world's only getting more connected and more mobile and more free. I'm fucking excited. So the thing that you mentioned is having a group to transition people into the digital nomad scene. That's what we had in Chiang Mai and that's, how how instrumental was the the Chiang Mai uh, conference to getting you started? And what was the moment back home in New Zealand that you made the decision to uh, move out to Thailand and go all in with e-commerce? So um, I've been following a guy called Johnny Johnny FD. Yeah. we're both familiar with. Um, there. Yeah, so yeah, it all, it all started for me when I was following his blog about doing Muay Thai. I always wanted to go to Thailand and do Muay Thai, and then he transitioned into this dropshipping kind of lifestyle. And after coming back from my initial trip to Thailand, I was just saying to myself, "I, I can't keep living like this. I need to, I need to find something new to do. I can't see myself working." 60 hours a week at this job for the next because my life was just going to be predictable for the next three years just doing the same old thing um i i didn't have enough time to do the kind of hobbies i wanted to do so i needed to free up as much time as possible so i saved up and i just took the leap of faith chiang mai for me like there was there was a community of people there already so yeah, so that's um, yeah. So yeah, so Perfect, I was thinking. Oh, yeah. So I was thinking, yeah, I need to, I need to make a decision and just do it. And then when I'm there, I'll just figure it out. Um, yeah, and yeah, and then right, right, going into fun space, I met a whole bunch of guys doing dropshipping, and yeah, I'm I'm still close with some of those people today. So. Yeah, for me, I think I think I, I was lucky and I lucked out. Yeah, in terms of how that happened. Yeah. But it's just totally taking different. that. It's just taking that initial leap of faith. That's yeah. That's that's the hard, that's the hardest part. I think. Yeah. Exactly. So people, people that are like, they're in their job, like like you and I were, and for people that don't know, uh, Kai and I were both in 
in sales. We were both in cold calling. You worked in a, a call center. I was knocking doors, doing door-to-door uh, -to -door sales. Um, it was the freaking worst. And the only reason that you know we were doing it is you know you can you can make as much money as you put into it. If you're if you're pretty good at speaking or whatnot, you got the formula down. Then you can make pretty pretty good money. You can make like five hundred bucks a day, uh, you know, on a good day or something like that. So, uh, for someone that's like in that type of situation, they have a, a a job and they're making good money, but they know they don't want to do it long term. What's the number one tip that you have uh, for them? You gotta ask yourself how much how much money do I need to support my lifestyle. How much money do I need? Yeah, because if you if you're going to live in Thailand, you actually don't need a lot. So you could work your ass off for a couple of days, and then you have enough to, to just chill. Mm -hmm. So you've got to you've got to think about it that way. You can't like getting that really high paycheck is cool, but was it worth all the time? You've got to you got to evaluate things that way. So before it's about working. Smarter or not harder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. And then that leap of faith when you're ready. Yeah. yeah take that fucking it. leap of faith. And would you recommend? Because when you're around, sorry. So when you're when you're around people that have a similar mindset to you, that's what's going to elevate you eventually. Because if you're working at a job you hate, you're just going to be feeling all that negative energy, and it's it's going to be a tough position to get out of. But if you're around people that are constantly positive and life is good, then that's going to help elevate you to the next level. So, exactly, exactly. You hear that, people? You get around people who are doing what you want to do and who are constantly positive because you are your bubble. You get sucked into your bubble so much, especially in the work scene. If you're just at a shitty corporate job like like I was, like he was, you just get sucked into it the longer you're at. So save up money. Don't blow all your money on something stupid like a, a car, like a used car like I did, something stupid. Save up your money because if you save up 10 grand, 20 grand, you can do an Amazon business or whatever business you want and you can go and live in Thailand. And I would recommend, and I think Kai would recommend too, is start by going to one of these conferences. Just find one, um, and that way you have boom—you have an instant group of friends that are all same mindset, want to do the same thing. Digital nomad scene, boom! Now you're instantly plugged in. You join a co-working space, boom! Now you're instantly plugged in. Now every day you're around four-hour workweek-minded people who just want to travel, have a good time. They're constantly positive. They're living interesting lives, so they're excited all the time they're not just like yeah fuck Monday you know Woo, Friday that same old story you guys know what I'm talking about so get around people. when you're around, when you're around people that are doing it you know it's possible it's tangible you mm -hmm. can do it as opposed to just reading a post or watching a video you see people day to day working beside you on the internet you know what's possible so, yeah, so that's good. Exactly, exactly. It's so much different because once we got to Chiang Mai, it was like, once, like, I was sitting next to you and you're like, yeah, my Amazon product is in and it's, boom, it's making these 20 sales a day. 
and I'm like looking at you and you're saying it to me face to face, it it just clicks to you. It's like, okay, this is actually real. You know, once you, you see Johnny there, he's bringing in like thousands, you know, per month and all these digital nomads from all around the world. It's crazy. It's like, it just rubs off on you and you're like, whoa, like life can actually be like this. You can actually travel and make money. Obviously the four hour work week is written in 2007, but it just makes it real. And even if you don't have enough, you know, I would, I would recommend someone just take, uh, you know, like, like a two week vacation or whatever they can do if they're in a corporate job and they can't quit yet. Just take a two week vacation and come work in Chiang Mai or one of the digital nomad hubs just to like make friends with the people, see it in real life. You know, that was the whole point of the conference. We got we to gotta thank Anton for putting it on the Dropship Lifestyle Conference because yes. his whole mission with that was just to get people out there and to see it firsthand. Yes. And so people can get a little taste of it and then hopefully they'll realize it, which we did, and then they'll start doing it, being successful. And fuck yeah, man, this is so, so fucking sick. Um, let's see, so more questions. Let's move on, move on with it. Uh, so what are you what are you working on right now? Is it uh, with your supplier to launch the next product? Are you launching any other businesses soon, uh, if any? Uh, or what's your uh, main task uh, every day right now? So at the moment, I'm yeah, I'm in a weird spot because my, the money is coming in, but I also want to work on something that. Will help me develop more personally. So I'm working. I'm working on transitioning into a consulting business as well, something in which I can work on clients and build new skills. So, yeah. So I'm I'm trying to find time to read up on material and, yeah, find 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 a way to get that started. But it's been difficult for me just based on this lifestyle right now. I can't get a. It's hard to get a good, solid working routine going on. Because there's just so much stuff going on. So at some point, I'm just going to try and hunker down and get stuff done. So, yeah, so that, that for me is what I'm transitioning That's interesting. That's a good follow-up or uh, segue to Danny's question. Do you have any routines, morning, night, workout regimen? What does your, like, day look like? Or is every day just crazy, whatever people are going to so, go? So, so my morning routine... Um, I generally get up reasonably early, so at about seven o'clock, and I'll get out of bed and I'll do forty push-ups just to get my body going. So yeah. this is yeah, I've modeled this off a guy called uh, Nathan Ladka. So he's the he's the CEO of like Heyo, which is a really it's a big company. They it's a plugin to help people run Facebook contests. So. And then I'll drink a liter of water right out of bed. Fuck yeah. Um, I'll, take, I'll take my fish oil. I'll go in and brush my teeth. Yep. And then, um, then I'll do 15 to 20 minutes of meditation. Yeah. Oh, you're big. Yeah. Just to, yeah. So it just helps clear my mind and calm my body down and evaluate any issues just so I can start the day refreshed and then um, I do something called the five-minute journal 
Mm. So another good part of it is just understanding what you're grateful for. So, so I do that. It's just three things that you're grateful for, um, three things that you want to accomplish for the day, and then you have like a daily af affirmation on that will set the day. So, yeah. So I, I do that just to get my mind going. And, yeah, and then I'll have a little breakfast and then go about my working day. So. That's what I've tried to incorporate, yeah. And some days I'll I'll go for a hard workout with the group, and and then go to so so it can vary. But I generally try and maintain that kind of routine. Cool. Yo, did you get that? What's your what's your meditation meditation method? Oh, so I, I use a app called Headspace. So it's a guided ah, meditation. That's the one that, yeah. yeah, that's the one that I was using, but then I then I quit. Yeah. So so that's a good one for me. Um, yeah. Because it helps talk you through the process. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it, it is hard to get started. You need a you need to make a good habit of it. So just start start small and just work your way up, work your way up. So that's what I recommend. Yeah, because that 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 time it is important to to go about doing that. Yeah, for me. Yeah, just to clear my head and yeah, think about any issues that I've been having. And, yeah, it's a good it's a good thing to do in the morning. Yeah, Yo, you back? Yeah, I'll last you for a sec. Okay. Uh, yeah, Headspace. So people that want to get into meditation, check out the Headspace app. Um, what's the What's the living situation like? Are you guys all in like the same hotel, or do you have your own apartment in different places on the remote year? So it has varied. So the first month we were in Prague, um, I was sharing an apartment with someone. So we so we each had our own room. We have a shared kit. We have a kitchen. So that was a good situation. It was right in the middle of the city, um, in in Ljubljana. So that was in Slovenia. The second month, we were in a kind of a dorm situation. So we all fifty of us lived in the same place, and now in Savtart, we're we're back to apartments, and yeah. So I'm sharing sharing an apartment with someone again, and we're just. So we each have our own room and shared kitchen. So, yeah, I yeah it yeah, but it can vary in terms of yeah your expectations. Some people have their own studios. So yeah. Ah, gosh, you cut out there for a sec, but yeah. So it, it sounds like it varies and everything. Yeah, I think the thing that fucked me up with the meditation in the morning is I had a, I was sharing a one bedroom, uh, studio. With Parker, I was I was basically couch surfing, and that's where I'm right now. I'm couch surfing at my buddy's house. So yeah, yeah having your own private space is definitely important if you want to get into uh, meditation. Um, good. It's just finding that quiet, quiet time in the morning. Yeah, finding that quiet time in the morning. And so, are you guys all working at the same place every day or is everyone that wander around the coffee shops or is it pretty much everyone's you guys rent a place out and just freaking 
take over? Um, it depends. Some people are still working jobs, so they're working at US time. So oh. they've, they've had to, yeah. But the workspace, it's, it's accessible 24 hours, mm -hmm. but people, people do want to get away and do their own thing. So people have gone to cafes. Some people have worked from home. It's just it depends on your personality. Really. Yeah. yeah I, I like going to the workspace. It gives me a good... There's enough space. I know the internet's reliable, and yeah, I'll get shit done. So yeah, it just oh. depends. depends. So, what about this idea? So we, me and Parker, are moving to uh, to Ho Chi Minh next month, like September something. Yep. Like, what if, what if we started making you know traveling money, and we just kind of uh, took the excuse to come travel with you guys. <laughs> on remote year and just came with you guys for a few months and just kind of followed you city to city I guess you could do that. I, I don't see what's stopping you. But yeah. yeah, I'm not sure you'll get in, get invited to all the events and whatnot but Yeah, it's it's possible yeah. if someone wants to do that. They could do that. Yeah, we could do that but, Yeah, no lockouts to the cities. Yeah, man. That's a hell of a good idea I mean, we might even do it. Where are you going? Uh, where are you going next? So we'll be in um, Istanbul next month in Turkey. So, and you've been to, uh, let's pull up your blog here, Where in the World is Kai? That's, I've never seen that before. That's dope how you made that one big post of where you've been. So, so people know, here we are here. Uh, September last year, Kai moved to Chiang Mai, then Phuket for five days, um, back in Chiang Mai for, you know, two months. That's when we were working in uh, Pun Space and coffee shops together. Hong Kong for 10 days in November, uh, Chiang Mai for two more months, uh, December, January, uh, Krabi for a week. Took a week off from work to unwind, uh, snorkeling, deep sea diving. Uh, then he went to Vegas for two weeks for the uh, Amazon conference where Richard Branson was there. Austin for a couple weeks. Silicon Valley rode a Tesla for five days. Back to New Zealand, went to a wedding for two weeks, boom, right there, then back to Phuket, and then back to LA, Venice Beach, then back to Austin, attended a workshop with Ryan Moran, the Amazon guy, then Phoenix, then the Philippines where you went to Manila, uh, Manila UFC Manila, and then Singapore, and now you're, you've already been in Prague, and now you're in, no, you've already been to Prague, Slovenia, and now you're in Croatia. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go to Turkey. Oh, it's going to be so sick. Istanbul for a month, and then Malaysia for a month, Tao, which is an island in Thailand for a month, Hanoi. Oh, November. 
through January. So in December, we're definitely we'll definitely come uh, meet up with you in Hanoi because we'll be in Ho Chi Minh. For sure. Maybe we'll live in uh, check out Hanoi for a few weeks or a month or something. And then you go to J oh Kyoto, Japan, Buenos Aires, Argentina, Chile, and Peru. Holy shit, bro! You must be excited as fuck. <laughs> what's uh what stood out to you about about Europe so far? What do you like about it? Yeah, like to be honest, the women. Like seriously. Oh yeah. nice. Yeah. It's yeah. That's good, yeah. Dope. Good. Any place that you're looking forward to most on the list? Um, I'm really excited for Japan. Yeah. I've never I've never been to Japan before. Um, so I think okay. that, that's what I'm most excited about in terms of, yeah. yeah. Nice. I, I knew you were going to say that one. Yeah. Because it, it's so different in terms of the culture and, yeah, it would just be the idea of like 75 people taking over Japan. That's, that would be crazy. So yeah. Hella fun, dude. Everything I hear from Japan is just like, it's crazy. Once you go, you never want to leave. It's just, uh, yeah. I mean, you guys are going to Kyoto. I'm sure you'll be up uh, in Tokyo and shit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll definitely see you in, in Hanoi. So I'll be seeing you there in September or uh, December. Um, so I got to ask this kind of philosophical question from Nick, Nick B, who you know from Shanghai. Um, what was, in the beginning, what inspired you? What was your why and what goals do you have in sight for the next three years? So in the beginning, what was, what's your why? Why did you want to become a digital nomad and do everything that you're doing? It comes down to, for me, just having freedom. So yeah, freedom of time and the choice of what kind of work you want to do. So that, that's, that's why I do this. That's why I pursue this kind of lifestyle. For me, for the next three years, optimistically, I'm just hoping to just keep traveling and doing what I'm doing. But I, I honestly don't try to think too far ahead these days. I take two months at a time in terms of what's what's going to happen for me. Yeah, because there there's so many things that can happen that's beyond your control. So yeah, I don't think it's a good idea to think too far ahead in terms of what you want to do. Yeah, just take it day by day on something that you can build on and just keep keep moving forward with that. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah, Evan just got back from Japan actually. Uh if he needs anything, hit me up. <laughs> uh man, all right, you'll be in Japan in January, right after Vietnam. Hey, well hopefully we're gonna be making money to come to Japan when you go because I'm really glad that I have a friend now that's now going to be scattered all over the globe in the next year because you really need, well, for a lot of people, you need an excuse to travel. Like for me, the thing that kicked me in the ass was going to visit Parker. He was studying abroad like three years ago, two years ago, 
in, uh, in Thailand. And it was just a two week vacation that set it off that said, you know, I, I want to get a work, uh, go get a job abroad and just get that experience. And that's the whole thing in motion, but it came down to an excuse to travel because not everyone can just kind of sit at home and, you know, look at Expedia or whatever and be like, yeah, I'm going to book a trip to wherever it's, it's having an excuse and having a friend that's living abroad is a really good excuse. And that's why it's, it's dope that once you become a digital nomad, get in the scene. Now, you know, everybody, they spread out and it's a great excuse to now go see the whole world. And I'm really looking forward to that. And you coming to Hanoi and then going to Japan, cause I've always wanted to go to Japan. Maybe that'll be a good excuse to come up there and see somebody. Um, cause my whole philosophy, like with my why becoming a digital nomad, obviously being able ha having the freedom is the number one thing. And just like having a sense that it's almost a duty. I feel like in this day and age to see the planet that you are living on because it's a very, uh, rare thing that we have you know, in the 21st century that we can actually see other continents. We're on a, we're the very few of the few of people in human history. And so I feel like if we can do it, we have the obligation to experience the best this planet has to offer. A quote from the four hour work week. I'm like putting out a bunch of quotes and putting them on Facebook. Yeah. But yeah, man, it's just, uh, especially, especially for people like around our age, like I'm 25 like, I'm not ready to have kids and settle down, buy a house. I'm just not ready for that. For me, what's most valuable right now is just living this kind of lifestyle, getting to know people from all over the world, understanding how they live. So, yeah, and there's, there's so much value from that, that you should, yeah, you should travel. You learn a lot more about yourself. Most people, unfortunately, they, they sleepwalk through life just slaving away at that paycheck um, and then hoping when they retire, then they'll be able to travel. That's, that's, mm. that's not a good way to look at it. You can travel now. You just, that's you think. So e even if you, even if you just started small, you just go to the neighboring country or the other country. Yeah. You travel, travel is possible. Yeah. It's you get so much more value. And for people that don't know yet, obviously Chiang Mai is a, is the number one place people get started to travel because it's so cheap and that's why the conference was there and everything. So obviously look on Johnny's blog that I pulled up earlier, johnnyfd.com. Uh, that's the blog that we found uh, that set everything in motion. That That's how we found Chiang Mai. That's how we both found Chiang Mai. That's how the majority of people at that conference found out about Chiang Mai. Uh, you found him through the Muay Thai aspect I found it through just like searching for jobs in Thailand and his his infamous video my $200 apartment in Chiang Mai came up clicked on it Last summer, we were like, all right, let's just book our ticket. And we have to make that conference. 
because that's our excuse to set up the promotion. And now it's it's coming up on a year, and we're gonna be we're gonna be full time by October. It's 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 absolutely unbelievable. Um, yeah. We're doing it, man. We're we're traveling the world in our prime. Like <laughs> I'm telling everyone, like yeah, I'm moving moving back to uh, to Vietnam. Or it's like yeah, living the dream. You're living the dream, huh? It's like. Yeah, but it doesn't really have to be a dream. It's like kind of use technology. We have technology, people. You have to use it. We are so lucky to have the freaking internet. Thank God. The internet's the best thing ever. Uh, all right, so Evan wants me to ask. He's, he's doing his – he like just placed his order for the Amazon product. What's the best use – of your time while waiting for your product to come. So, uh, get up your, getting your page set up, just you know, getting the images set up, having your order response. So having all your systems in place before you get launched. Yeah. Yeah, making a list of people that you're going to contact and us will review. So just having our map to hit. Well, if you just do as much as you can, and then once the product is live, then you it just makes things so much easier. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what's the what is the one thing that you wish you did differently or better on your first Amazon launch? One thing. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I wish I, I ordered more inventory and was more aggressive. Yeah, I think that 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 was that was it for me. Like, yeah, it was a, it was a really good time to sell, and I didn't take advantage of that enough. I I was a little bit risk averse with it, so yeah, I wish I was more aggressive at the time. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah, then that's it for me. Um, yeah, that, that's the only thing I can think of at the moment. How big was your first order? I only did a hundred to start with. Oh, okay. to test it. Yeah, and then the next one, next one I did two thousand. The next one you did two thousand. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, at the yeah at the time I just wish I started with the two thousand, so yeah. I didn't start off as aggressive as I was now. Like. Yeah, because it took, it, took, it took time to get that rolling. So, yeah. yeah. And this was during Christmas. So if I had, if I had that Christmas, I would have just, just blown it out very quickly. Uh, so, in hindsight. Because you never know. I mean, they say, you know, ASM says you want to do a test order at first. On your next mm -hmm. product, are you going to do a small test order or just go ahead and get 1000 or 2000 and look, like my my whole philosophy on it is, you got to order at least a thousand minimum. Now. Yeah. When I launch my when I launch my second product, I order two thousand. Yeah. Two thousand. So, yeah. So naturally, when I get into this now, I'm I'm a lot more aggressive with the yeah. Minimum at least a thousand. Minimum. Wow. So you're bringing in like seven eight k a month in profit off top, but that doesn't include 
the money that you reinvest, right? That doesn't include all your Amazon money that, that you're taking yeah, to so, reinvest yeah. back in inventory, right? So part of that money I use to reinvest in, yeah, part of that money, yeah. As much as, so, cause, so you're only spending... My, my uh, rule on is I invest, at least, I invest at least half of what I make. Yeah. Yeah. Invest okay. at least half of what you make. Yeah. So 7, 8K would be your profit. So what is, what is your monthly Amazon payout then? So would it be, what are your margins? So what? So ten thousand dollars advertising for me at the around two thousand. So that's that. Oh, yep, you back? Yeah, lost you there again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, what are your what are your product margins? So, if if seven eight k is your profit off the top, is your what are your Amazon payouts like monthly? Amazon pays you every other week. But what are the payouts? Is it like two times that, three times that, four times that? So, yeah. So my margins at the moment are around thirty to fifty percent. Yeah, at the moment. Yeah. And it varies. It varies, yeah. especially at this time. Yeah, because when the market's a bit slow, you have to test different prices out. Yeah, so it, it really depends. But generally, about thirty to fifty. Yeah. Nice. So, how much was your last Amazon payout biweekly? It was about five thousand dollars. Five thousand dollars. Yo, yo, cool. Uh, so, I guess you said you were getting into the. Uh, you want to get get into the consulting. 
Are you talking about Amazon Consulting? Hmm. Oh, it's hilarious, Johnny's blog. Why he's staying in Chiang Mai. Thai food, cost to eat out. Yo, are you there? No. Tax exempt income. Yo. Yo. Cool. So are you are you getting into Amazon consulting or what type of consulting? So it'll be will be marketing consulting. So basically I'd look at I'd find a business that's not optimized correctly in terms of what they're doing. And I'll give them recommendations on how they can improve improve their website, improve their landing pages, improve their email marketing. So I'm looking to get into this. Yeah. Nice. So helping helping a business improve their marketing. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, and if it's the right business that does need advice on how to get on Amazon, then obviously I know how to. Yeah. Exactly. Have you have you looked into doing it? Is Kyla? Want some music? I'll be right here. Hell yeah. Yo, you back? Oh, did we lose him? 
Oh, uh, now you're back. Yeah. Move to a new spot. Yo, show us, uh, show us around a little bit, where you are. Yeah. So you're just in a hotel conference room right now? Yeah. Should you guys? Have a look outside. Can you see the beach or what? You guys able to see that? Put it back up again. It's a little choppy. Looks like yeah, a, so a little of the beach is just right there. Yeah. Fuck so, yeah, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. Looking forward to some more Instagrams. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. So one more question. Yeah. And then we can uh, we can wrap it up. Uh, what do you feel is the biggest challenge? Running an Amazon business. It's just putting that money up front and getting started. Yeah. That's the scariest part of it all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah, like if but it, it works. It works. If you just if you're able to invest that money up front and you put in the right steps to make it work, then it can it can run really well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially when you're leading into like a holiday season, like there is so much demand for products out there. There's a lot of traffic, and yeah, there's there's money to be made. Yeah, there's different money to be made. So, yeah. so you recommended in the beginning. Yo, so you, you would say that 10 grand or more for someone that wants to get into it? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So as far as finding a product, because that's obviously one of the hugest things, uh, mm -hmm. getting started, you got to find a product. What, what do you recommend to someone that wants to get in? What's the best way to go about finding the right product? You you've got to go for and do the research. So there's there's plenty of resources on this. Um, two ones I recommend to everyone is go to the Amazing Seller podcast. That's a good thing to listen to. Uh, also, in terms of mindset, go to Freedom Fastlane. That's Ryan Moran's podcast. So those two those two things are very very powerful, very helpful in terms of you starting an Amazon business. Like. Yeah. The Amazing Seller Podcast and Freedom Fast Lane uh, with Ron yeah. Moran mm -hmm. to, yeah. to get started. So I, yeah. I second that. Both of those things are good. 
What was the uh, the Ryan Moran conference in Austin? What was that like? Good, good. Yeah, so a lot of it was just a lot of a lot of mindset stuff that can help you get to the next level. How you need to think like a big company. Yeah, in terms of getting people to sponsor your to sponsor your product and whatnot. So it's a lot of systems that you need to put in place. Yeah. So it's like getting people to invest in your company, expanding. So for me, like it's good to know that kind of thing, but at this stage, I'm running a lifestyle business. My priority has been to, to travel and to work at the same time. It's not to build a huge company. So that, that's the difference for me yeah. in terms of what Ryan was building compared to what I'm thinking of doing. Yeah. So it's just good to be exposed to that kind of environment. Knowing what it takes to, so if, if I do want to at some point take my company to the very next level and being around certain people, that's 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 the main value I got from Ryan's, Ryan's conference. Oh my god. Back. Cool. All right, so. You said you're running a lifestyle business. Your priority is the lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So are you, you wanna... uh, sorry, are you getting into any, like investing any in your money in anything else right now? Like, like Ryan Moran talks about. Yeah. So I have, I have some investments back home that do provide me a bit of money as well. Back in New Zealand. Um, oh. Yeah, so I've been doing that, and also just just having another source of generating income. So that's why I'm thinking of building another business on top of what I already have, yeah. just yeah. to just to help build me up personally as well. Yeah, cool. Learning new skills, continuing to evolve. Uh, what investments do you have back home? Like stock market stuff, real estate. Mainly stock market stuff. Yeah. So put some bonds, some stock markets. Yeah. So I have some money, money in the ground that I'll be yeah. And then uh, for your new business, you're mainly uh, talking about consulting, getting into the consulting game, right? Yeah. Cool. I think that would be dope because because uh, you're making money doing it, yeah. and it's not that hard. You just, you, it's basically just talking to people and critiquing them, like you've been doing with me for mm -hmm. these past six months or whatever on Amazon and, I, uh, and I'm doing it now for you know other people other friends that want to get in um, but it, it definitely is a nice thing to have that that person to go to to ask like little questions about and just to kind of help you get over the fear mm -hmm. of making the order yeah. like I'm coaching Evan right now through making his order because mm -hmm. uh, it is scary to put all that money and send all that money to China and be like boom gone from my bank account um, you know he's he's worried if if his uh, test order right now at five hundred is not going to be enough. What would you say to him if he said, "Is it too little to start with five hundred? And he's he's got like a heavy product. Um, yeah, it's you. You just like if you have smaller orders, it, it's fine. You've just got to manage your inventory accordingly, and yeah, it's. Yeah, you've just got to test it out in terms of what, what's yeah. 
there, there are a couple more things I'd need to know before I'd be able to make make a make a decision on it. So, yeah, if Evan wants to talk to me about it, he can yeah he can hit me up and I can I can let him know what I think. But yeah, nice. The, uh, so, how important would you say is not running out of stock on your first order? Like the mate, like with your first order, it's all about getting making knowing that the product will sell and getting those initial reviews in place yeah so it, de it depends on the market is and I, I yeah there's there are a lot of variables in place but yeah for him with that first order he's just going to make sure that the product is able to be sold it can it is selling he's got enough reviews in place and that his page is converting so that you need to focus on that, and then once you have that in place, then you can reorder it again and whatnot. Yeah, but I recommend more because once you have momentum, you can just keep going. You're not going up and down. So that's why I say, if you have a thousand, you'll have more time to reorder, and yeah, and you'll be, you'll be fine. So yeah. it depends. Did you order any? Did you order any shipments by sea? No, I haven't done any C. I've done all air. All air. All air. All air. Why? It's much. It's obviously it's a lot more quick. It's a lot quicker. It's a lot quicker to do it by air. And for me, getting that product up and selling is is going to be money that I'm going to be getting in more quickly. Yeah. So I know it's scary that because air shipping is. Is a lot more expensive than air shipping, but if your product is very heavy, then you have you kind of have to do sea shipping. I totally understand that because mm -hmm. yeah. it's just going the margins aren't going to work out. Yeah, if so you just it. kept doing you just kept You, you ship by air because it, you just needed it in that soon, or else you'd run out of stock. And also, it's just it's just quicker and easier. There's less there's less things I have to worry about. So if you if you do sea shipping, you've got to get a freight forwarding company involved. You have to get customs clearance. There there are more things you you need to to worry about in terms of sea shipping. Yeah. So just logistically, it was 